Hey, welcome to the My Chicago Podcast. Here we are, episode number one. I'm Carrie Rubin, your host, and I'm so excited to share this episode with you. Catherine Wynn, uh, the owner of Building Blocks Toys, they have three locations in Chicago at 3306 North Lincoln Avenue in, in Lincoln Park, 2150 West Division Street, and 2071 North Clybourne. Um, Catherine in Building Blocks is actually one of the reasons why I decided to create this podcast for a couple reasons. One is that I just love her store, and I saw how much of a struggle last spring was when only big box stores were allowed to be open, and she couldn't have any employees in the store. So I thought about how sad I would be if Building Blocks didn't make it through the rough patch of the pandemic. Additionally, Catherine is a prominent member of a Moms in Business Facebook group that I'm a member of, and I wanted to find a way to say thanks to her for her contributions there. And finally, I've just been super curious about the story behind her business because toys are just fun. So in this episode, we talk through her entrepreneurial journey, choosing store locations, surviving the pandemic, competing with those big box stores, and some of the reasons why I and so many others choose local and shop at building blocks instead of the big box stores. You know, in a nutshell, it's just easier and their service is top notch. Without further ado, here's the interview. Thanks so much for being here, Catherine. I'm super excited to hear more about the story of Building Blocks. I shop there frequently, and I you know you're a prominent business owner in the women's business community. And I'd love to hear your story of how Building Blocks came to be, and a little bit about how the past year has been. Oh, that's a, a big, lot of questions in one question. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I when I I was growing up. You know, I we really didn't have a lot of means. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I if I wanted some spending money, I'd have to figure out how to get it. Mm-hmm. So when I was nine years old, I went to school, and a, a, I is I don't know if this group is still around. It's called the Junior League. I don't know. It was a volunteer that came into my school and just basically taught us about a little bit about entrepreneurial the entrepreneurial path and business. And he talked about a hamburger and how the raw materials was the bun and the burger and the lettuce and the tomatoes. And then you'd have to charge a little bit extra. And this was like your profit. And when he said that word profit, you know, it would like lit up and like, I want to make profit. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So I started my own business when I was nine years old. No Um, kidding. uh, Back then we didn't call it a pop-up shop. But it was, it was a candy business that I operated out of my a Tupperware box in my Queens, New York apartment. And I sold to relatives and guests and people who came to our apartment and sold to my siblings and sold on credit and learned a lot about bad credit, shrinkage. <laughs> Where <laughs> All did our inventory go? Terms, but um, exactly. Hey, sister, what are these Tootsie Roll wrappers underneath your pillow? <laughs> um, but I learned a lot about, you know, just how to, it was fun to reinvest the profits into my business, buy candy, buy the bulk, calculate how much each one costs, add a few pennies here mm-hmm. uh, to make a profit and, uh, you know, just just do that. I, I really loved it. Um, and then when I was 14, I worked for someone in retail and she was really a major influence in my life, just seeing a, a, a woman who could own a business and to be my boss. And um, just, again, continuing that retail path, I really enjoyed talking to people, 
helping them with solving a, a, a pain they have or helping them figure out that they could have more goodness in their life by mm -hmm. whatever it was we were offering in the gift shop. When I was 16, my uncle and I had an electronics store together. Okay. When I got to college, I had a weekend business um, at a local flea market selling men's shirts. And I quickly learned that if you sell the men accessories, you can make more margin, more profit mm -hmm. than actually just selling them the shirts. Um, and But retail was always a means to an end, like just a way to make a little extra cash, mm -hmm. a way to put myself through college. Uh, because I graduated with an accounting degree and I got accepted to Arthur Anderson, which was the, the number one oh, of yeah. the big six back then. And I was going to slay dragons. I was going to go out there and make a difference in the world. And I was going to be somebody um, because retail, that wasn't being anybody. That was just mm -hmm. to make a buck. Mm -hmm. um, and I was in the Arthur Anderson world and quickly recognize that I did really like retail quickly recognize that I actually think I can do this for a living. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's where I took a, a turn and, um, came to Chicago and opened up a toy store. <laughs> Why toys? I love, uh, I grew up, you know, again, not, not without a lot of means. So I love Toys as a kid didn't have a lot of toys. So now I'm surrounded by toys. So you can analyze that, psychoanalyze that. <laughs> but I also liked, I always thought I might be a teacher. I taught my little brother. Um, being around kids and families, um, influencing them, seeing their joyful smiles and faces when they get the toys or having customers walk out of the store with a bag full of toys and, and imagining like the child that's going to get it and what they're going to do with it and all that stuff. It's just really, that's, it really sparks my joy Yeah, just to know that I'm in the joy business. Yes, <laughs> so, you are. Not a, bad, not a bad business to be in. <laughs> yes, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, it it is so fun, like walking into the store and the kids get so excited and can see all the the fun possibilities that are there. I can see why you you went down that path. So how long ago was it that you started the company? Twenty four years. We're celebrating twenty five. Twenty four years, years. That's amazing, especially for a small business that has to compete with the likes of Amazon and Target and back in the day, Toys R Us. So have you found that you still were able to carve a niche and have a successful go of things despite that competition? I think it's important. Um, of course, everybody wants to go into business to be profitable. I mean, I, I said that at nine years old, the profit word popped up. But I think it's really important when you go into a business to actually really like the work, mm -hmm. to like what you're up to, to like, you know, we hear these words or, you know, float around like the vision and the mission of what, what are you up to? Like what makes you get out of bed? Mm -hmm. um, I probably didn't know it in those words when I started my business as a toy store owner, but it was always there, you know, when you're not profitable or when employees don't show up or when a new competitor decides that opening up a toy store is really fun and they're going to open it up a couple blocks from you, you know, all of these things, what's going to keep you going and it's got to really come from somewhere and it's got to really be that you really like the work you really like what you're up to you really like what why you do it your mm -hmm. why mm -hmm. yeah 
That's that what's is- kept me going because the scene has changed in 24 years, right? Like when I first started, it was like, do I get a bold listing in the yellow pages? <laughs> remember those? Things? Wow, that's taking it back. <laughs> Should I advertise in the Val Pack? Do you remember the Val Packs? Like, you know, the yeah, uh-huh. versions of that, but. Uh-huh. Um, you know, should I take out an ad in the newspaper? Right. These days is, should I advertise on Facebook? Should mm-hmm. I, get, you know, commit to Yelp? Do I do that? You know, so the scenery's changed throughout the years. Um, but I think that it's, it's, if you're really passionate about what you do and you're really up to the challenge, mm-hmm. you really can take it face on and mm-hmm. hopefully your learning curve is much greater than whatever failures come along the way. Cause it's mm-hmm. all still even Valpac is a lot different than a Yelp ad. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I'm also curious how it is that you chose the locations that you have. Well, when I came to Chicago, I, the very first location that um, I had, how long have you been here in Chicago, Carrie? I grew up in the Western suburbs, but I've lived in the city for, it'll be 19 years this summer. Okay. Okay. So when I first came to Chicago, I was in Lincoln Park Mm -hmm. and I was at Clark and Belden, right by the zoo, the Mm -hmm. zoo, Mm -hmm. across the street from the Tower Records. I don't know if it was. Oh my God, Tower Records. You're you're going like taking it way back in this interview. (laughs) Yeah, so it was across from the Tower Records, and there was a Max's Deli, and they had the best matzo ball soup. Um, and it just seemed like a no-brainer. It seemed like it was across the street from Francis Xavier Ward, mm-hmm. uh, near the zoo, the largest free zoo in the United States. So foot traffic was going to be good. My customers were going to be there. Um, there was a it was there. There was a lot of activity on the block, so everything sounded and looked like it fit all the you know, this is the right place to be. And I quickly uh, saw that I was losing my shirt in rent and, mm. and the foot traffic wasn't there. And um, I, in hindsight, maybe it was too congested. Families need to park. Families need to shut their kids in and out of the car in the winter time. Mm-hmm. Um, that area is just very congested and it still, still is pretty congested. Um, so I quickly uh, distinguished that and I um, thought I was going to close hmm. about two years, three years. I thought I was going to close. I just didn't know. I just felt like I'm failing and I cannot fail any further. I don't, I, the financial hit is a little bit overwhelming and it was just, it was, I was a pretty low place, but a lot, a few factors came into play. Uh, one is, I don't know if you remember the Beanie Baby craze back oh, then. Yeah, I was just talking about that. I was just talking about that with my husband because there's an article in the Tribune about baseball cards. And I'm like, any sort of collectibles seems like not the greatest investment. You have to really time it right to make a huge profit on it. But I suppose as a business owner, being able to get in at the at cost, that was probably a huge hit for you. Well, um, the Beanie Babies weren't, you know, weren't, the business, the, the sales were not enough to substantiate the rent and I was losing money. And I was in the, I remember this time I had, I was in the car, I was driving. I don't know where I was driving and I'm driving up Lincoln Avenue and there's nothing around. There's nothing mm-hmm. around up by there. And I 
had just passed a light and I looked to my left and this guy is hanging up a sign in the window, you know, a for le- for rent sign. Mm-hmm. And I pull over because I had just gotten a, a cell phone, a, my first cell phone ever. <laughs> it was a Primeco cell phone. Nice. And I punched in the numbers and I called and he was in the inside the store. And, you know, he told me that he wanted a third of the rent that I was, uh, oh, and before I left Clark and Belden, before I knew that I was imposed, I talked to the landlord and I tried to negotiate a very small increase in rent, a decrease in rent mm-hmm. to kind of like break even to kind of see if I could ramp it up. He said, no, but I'll let you get out of the lease. And that's why I thought I was going to close. Mm-hmm. So I called this guy and his name was Patrick and he, he was hired by the landlord to hang up the sign and to show the space. And he, they were asking about a third of the rent. And I, my my head just went, okay, if I can just get these customers to leave Lincoln Park and drive all the way out to the desert here. Because back then it was. That was what, that's, was this your shop on um, Lincoln? So and this Belmont? is uh, on Lincoln and School, just north yeah. of Belmont, Lincoln and Ashland. West of Ashland, probably at that point in time, was not. There was nothing there. <laughs> um, there was nothing there. There was a service merchandise abandoned building with the signage there, which is a 24-hour gym tan now. And uh-huh. kind of, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that that was what was in that business or that nothing there, nothing there. So I said, if I can, you know, these people really want their beanie babies. (laughs) I still have my account. Everything. If I could just, I just, my, my, the numbers were going, I'm like, I can do this. I can do this. So uh, in the middle of July, my brother flew out from New York and a couple of my muscly friends, we got U-Haul and we just moved the whole store over to Lincoln Avenue. And my brother said, can you please make this one work? Because I don't want to move a store ever again. <laughs> That's a lot of work. In the middle but... of July in a heat wave. So that oh, was my wow. first location. And then um, I opened my Lincoln Park, uh, Wicca Park location 12 years later. And then my Lincoln Park location about two years ago. Yeah. The story of the locations. That's great. I love that. Um, so you've obviously overcome a lot of challenges. What was this past year? Like, was this the the biggest of all the challenges that you've had or? Oh my God. (laughs) I wish I could say, you know, we're all listening podcasts as business people get all the source, you know, inspiration and stuff. And I'm listening to owners of all these companies give us advice. And I just was, it was horrible. It was hard. I'm one of those people. I plan for a lot of contingencies. I plan mm-hmm. for slow, like, okay, we're going to close your street down for the whole year to fix the water. Okay, fine. I mean, I'm, but there was nothing in the plan for a complete, <laughs> there's no playbook for no a pandemic, right? Cash flow at all. No employees. Your employees are not essential. They can't come into work. Like there's no, I had no co- contingency for that. No plan for that, no playbook for that. And it was, it was horrible. Um, I was, it was, I wish I could say that, oh yeah. And then I just figured out this and I just did this and, and we did, we pivoted this way and, you know, sound all fancy, but it was, it was terrible. It was terrible. And then just slowly, slowly, I felt dead in terms of my passion, that passion I talked about, Mm -hmm. you know, but slowly it fought to come back out. 
And if I can look back at it and say something to myself, just like, it's just a process. You just mm -hmm. have to let it, you know, just, but slowly it came back and I feel like I'm, you know, as much as at the effect of my business as I was, you know, before March 21st. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that was really tough. And I felt for you, you know, that I tried to take advantage of your, you know, we'll shop for you and pick it up and, you know, curbside delivery it. And you, you helped me with some puzzle, getting some puzzles, get my puzzle on and help me through that part. Um, but I bet it was really challenging especially just the non-essential business part when all the big box stores were able to still do their thing. And it's, that's really, that's really tough, but do you feel like you can make it through what, what remains of the pandemic? Well, um, yes, yes. Um, there was a time, there was a, a period of time where I'm the number, you know, calculating the numbers. And I'm like, is this because basically I'm paying to stay in business. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it was a constant question in my head, a struggle, a back and forth, you know, is it how am I just digging a really big hole mm -hmm. time to, is it time to just say, come, but December hit and we really got very, December. I think everybody just woke up and said, we're going to really support local businesses. Um, I think that the the local shop local support small businesses uh, at least here in Chicago, um, and at least with my business it was very good. And I just am so grateful for December because it just said, okay, well, we we can afford to buy more time. <laughs> good. So was that so your most successful? People ready? Was that your most successful holiday season that you've had? It was a very weird one, Carrie. <laughs> because it was terrible, 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 really terrible, really terrible, all the way through October, November, and then literally Thanksgiving week through Christmas. It was the craziest thing I had ever seen. And it was just amazing. And it was, it was just Christmas every day. <laughs> That's great. I'm so glad that that worked out for you. Um, because I love your business and I would be devastated if it, if it closed down. Um, but I do want to make sure that people are aware of some of the, like the perks that your businesses offers that the big box ones don't do. Um, one is that, you know, the personal shopper bit and your employees are very knowledgeable and then the wrapping on site. That's always a nice perk too. Is there anything else you want to tell people about your business? Um, well, I just want to Thank you for saying that about my employees. I think that, you know, like when I go shopping, I know I, the businesses that I like to go to, I notice that it's the same faces, mm -hmm. the same people. And so the service and the ability for them to help you is really the fact that they've been around and they know their, their stuff. They just can't, it's not about them reading a manual or, or having a training book, mm -hmm. but also what, I think what a lot of people don't know is why is this employee still here? One is because they really believe in what they do and believe in mm -hmm. the mission and the power of play in everybody's lives from, you know, from zero to 199. Like they just, it's just, they believe, we, they believe in what they, we believe in what we do, mm -hmm. um, which is play for everyone that enriches their lives and really just empowers them for their creativity and their 
development and but also the employees are here because they they are treated well mm-hmm. and they are very well taken care of and i like to i like to do business with other businesses that take care of their employees mm-hmm. and That's so important. so when you shop at a really a small store like myself you're really taking care of your community the people who are your neighbors the people who live in the community because they work there and you're sustaining their livelihood i think that's really important for people to know and then we really we're really about making a difference for everybody so as much as we can we give back to the com- community we support all of the schools um when we started becoming profitable when i started seeing that the numbers were not red mm-hmm. we started giving back to the community so i recognize that like i'm my young self is one of those kids that would not benefit from building blocks because my parents couldn't take me there to go shopping. I didn't have aunts and uncles shopping at a store like building blocks for me. Mm-hmm. So we give back in that way too. So we do a lot of I guess like where you put your dollars shopping is where you vote where you want to put the power. Mm-hmm. And and it's very a very powerful thing to keep a a small business in play yeah. because we also affect the community in a big way. Absolutely. And that shows, you know, the businesses that have heart, it shows in, like you said, the employees and in how the business operates. And I've always loved, you know, pre pandemic times, the events that you guys would hold and the characters that you'd have come meet and greet with the, with the kids. And it's, it's really special. It's one of the things I do love about it too. And then in terms of the service, like we wrap, if you, if Carrie, if you were an aunt and you came in and you tried to buy a thousand piece puzzle for your three year old niece, we'd say no. You know, mm-hmm. like Amazon's not going to interact with you that way. Mm-hmm. Or even a big box store. You know, we had a customer right. come in and and he said, "Do you have any Chinese yo-yos?" And we we're like, "Okay, right here." Mm-hmm. Why well, was that a big box store? And I asked the employee. And she, he didn't know what he was talking. He, he didn't know what I was talking about. He said, "We don't have any Chinese yo-yos. We only have American yo-yos. <laughs> like they don't. We, we know our products. We can take care of people. It's just a very, I guess, it, it is service, but it's just like so hard to describe to people unless they experience it." Yeah, totally. I mean, one of my favorite things is like you got to go shopping for a, a, a kid who's not the same age as your child, and you're like, "I have no idea what to get this person," and your staff knows what the the hot toys are and what's age appropriate. And it's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I love that. Anything else you wanted are to you mention? Kidding? Curbside. We were doing curbside pickup way before the pandemic. We have customers just rolling quick stops. <laughs> we're running out, handing it to, you know, more than half of our team are moms. So we get it. Mm-hmm. We've gotten it like way, way before we, you know, people call and we take care of them over the phone. It's just, yeah, you call and say, hey, I need a gift for a five-year-old boy and then wrapped it into at your car, right? <laughs> yeah, forget about shopping at our store just because of all of the fuddy-duddy stuff I said about making a difference in your community, whatever. It's just easier. <laughs> it's easier. <laughs> As a mom, you just want it easier. Yeah, and you know the prices are competitive, I've found. Or you might pay a buck or two more, but I'm happy to do that to support the service and the local business. So thank you. Yeah. It's good stuff. I love it. Anything else you wanted to mention before we get to your nominations of some local businesses? No, I really appreciate the opportunity to 
I don't know. I don't know how interesting it is, but no, <laughs> I'm fascinated. I love this stuff. This is so, it's been really interesting hearing your story and the background and all the behind the scenes stuff. So thanks for being here. So do you have any businesses you'd like to nominate? Well, um, I have too many, <laughs> but I'll name the ones that I personally know the owners. So then I could help you, you know, connect with them. I appreciate that. But uh, Alyssa Fields, she has I Spy and she's up the block for me and mm-hmm. I love her and I have wear her frames and I have too many of her frames. <laughs> um, Dr. Sarah Butte is a, a, an optometrist and I go to her at Wink Optical mm-hmm. and I also indulge. She takes care of, you know, checking my eyes and I also have sunglasses from her and I just like love her business. Um, I shop at Hazel. Have you ever been to Hazel Apparel up Mm-mm. in on Montrose? Mm-mm. So good. David is a great guy. He has a great business. And what I said, you know, about employees, Marissa helped. I walk in there and she starts pulling some clothes for me. I, you know, I, it's efficient. It's great. She knows my size, all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It's easy. Mm-hmm. I, it should be like the new shop local mantra. It's like, it's because it's easy. Yeah. Like, so I love that, that, and they also have a gift shop and I love to go in there because it's all unique, special things. And you can get anything from, you know, a $20 budget all the way to over, you know, it's, they really have great price points and same thing with their clothes. Mm-hmm. I love that business. Um, let's see. I mean, oh, um, Leticia's. Oh, Leticia's. Yeah. oh, I love Leticia's and um, I could probably go on and on, but. We'll just go with those. That. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and for taking the time to be on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Carrie. I wish you a lot of luck uh, with your podcast. I hope a lot of people listen and share and just get the word out. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this inaugural episode of the My Chicago Podcast. Please be sure to visit Building Blocks at 3306 North Lincoln Avenue, 2130 West Division, and 2071 North Clyburn, or visit them online at buildingblockstoys.com. You can find an, a summary of the episode, the business addresses, if you couldn't catch those, <laughs> and the website info along with additional details and a few pictures over at mychicagopodcast.com forward slash building dash blocks or at Facebook and Instagram at My Chicago Podcast. If you're a small business owner in Chicago and would like to share your story on the podcast, or you want to nominate a business to be featured, navigate to mychicagopodcast.com forward slash contact to send me a message, or I'm open to personal messages on Instagram or Facebook. Again, my handle is mychicagopodcast. And with that, I will close out and see you in the next episode.